heart of creation There at the start For the beginning of time Oh man, God, a song just gives me all kinds of chills. What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and you are watching Live Mana Ministries Presents Gratitude Unfiltered. So blessed to have you here today. Uh, we have an amazing guest today. I want to tell you guys a little bit about her, um, and then I have a really powerful devotional that I want to read that a friend of mine, he sends me these every day, and I think I need to turn them into a book for him because they're so good. They're so deep. And it, it reminds me a lot of the old devotional Jesus Calling, uh, with the depth of it. It is just beautiful. And it's not surface level knowledge. It's not a feel good thing. It's very, very convicting. And I'm a huge fan of it. Thank you so much to everyone watching on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network or all over social media or the podcast network. I wanna do something a little bit different today. We're doing a giveaway. But what I wanna know from all of you watching right now is what you're grateful for. So you guys can, wherever you're watching from, um, you can just chat, put where you're, what you're grateful in the chat. And uh, I'm going to pick a random winner to win. Look, you don't have to take the mask if you don't want it. But if you have to wear a mask where you're at, you might as well try the greatest mask because you can actually breathe in it. It's CDC compliant. Um, it'll keep you safe if that's what you believe because it is CDC compliant. It's an amazing mask. You can work out in it. And those of you who go to the gym, um, you should check this out. The other thing that we're going to give away, this is not the packaging, but inside of this is called DNA, or I'm sorry, Pure DNA. It's the first all-in-one just skin treatment product, whether it's anti-aging, skin rejuvenating, cell rejuvenating, it's growing back my hair, which is unbelievable. We're going to give this away too. Um, again, it's not in the real packaging yet, but we're going to be giving these out as samples. In fact, you know what? I'm going to pick five winners. So you say what you're grateful for, and we're gonna get started. Okay, first things first. Let's hear about our guest really quick. Gina Guy Warren, Pastor Gina Guy Warner, Warren is the founder of True Truth and Love Ministries. She's a powerhouse speaker and together with her husband, Brian Warren, Warren, MMA fight champion, they defend, mobilize, train, and equip those who have been hurt by life and religion. Who, who hasn't been hurt by religion? They are, they are on the Anti-Human Sex Trafficking Task Force with 731 Rescue in Nashville and began filming the docuseries Dark Trade in 2021. This is going to be cool. This show will highlight the reality of slavery and the redeeming power of Jesus Christ in real-time rescues. That is so cool. Gina is a confidant to many leaders who suffer privately with addiction and mental health issues and offer counseling services in all areas. Gina also founded The Word and The Workout, a unique fitness ministry bringing the church as a gym together as one. She has even the opportunity to train some members of Homeland Security in California. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be absolutely terrific. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to broadcast today. Thank you uh, for be having the opportunity to sh help share Pastor Gina's story. Father God, I, just get, I pray that you give people the ears to hear today. Does to hear that word that helps elevate them, that helps them turn away from a past or turn away from a, a life that they that no longer serves them, Lord. I pray that you open their hearts and their minds to all that's possible in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This devotional is called Motivation. The reason one takes action 
the desire or willingness to do something. Proverbs 12, 11, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Provision is a great motivator. 2 Timothy 2, 6, it is the hardworking farmer who ought to have his first share of the crops. Personal gain is a great motivator. Proverbs 18, 9, whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Lack can motivate. Do you agree? 2 Timothy 2.6. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have his first share of the crops. I just read that. <laughs> Lack can motivate. As Ecclesiastes 10.10. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. Exhaustion can motivate one to be more diligent and more wise. Proverbs 10.4, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Life's ups and downs can motivate one to be consistent. That's a lesson for me, for sure. I Man, I'm learning to ride the highs and lows of life like a surfboard right now, um, but learning to just remain cool and confident in a place of surrender and trust is a great, great skill to learn. And it just all comes by... You know, when you work out your faith and you you not test God, but you test your own faith. You take leaps of faith every day. You stretch your faith and you get to see miracles work in your life. Those those things that we fear, but we feel a burning to do, but we're scared. But we're like, but God, I don't know how. When we step in faith, we see God move. And it's an amazing thing. Uh, let's see, 1 Timothy 5.8, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than any unbeliever. Integrity and faith are excellent foundations for motivation. Proverbs 16.3, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. I pray that my testimony proves this every day of my life. God is by far, God is by far the greatest motivator man has. When the creation obeys and the creator, everything goes as it should. When man looks at the world, his motivation varies from the problem solving to lust, to greed or fear. But when the, so let's, I'm going to read that again. When the creation obeys the creator, everything goes as it should. Obedience. Obedience is this, it like unlocks the kingdom of heaven unlike anything else on the planet. Obedience to the call, obedience to denying your flesh. It, it's everything. When man looks at God, his motivation becomes obvious. Love motivates God. Love motivates our Savior. Love, love motivated every saint and every sacrifice. Motivation begins with conversation, which leads to confirmation. Ooh. Motivation begins with conversation, which leads to confirmation. Talk with God today and let the creator of all the universe motivate you to use the gifts he gave you to succeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for being here. Let's get the show started. We're going to have some serious, serious fun today. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And thank you, everyone, for saying what you're grateful for. This is not what I want to do. This one. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet.
You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want the finer things, the diamond rings, designer jeans, all minor things in the widest scheme. But at what cost to realize your dreams? Been bleeding in the wheel more, put the crown of thorns on spill more. My mic bloody cause I kill more, but I'm still poor. Bottom is where I started, but I get to the top and park it. Plug up in a harlot, my battery needs charging. And to reach my target is the illest in the market. It's some liquid from my arteries, will spill onto the carpet, yeah. Everybody want fame, nobody want to work for it. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Live Mana Ministries presents Gratitude Unfiltered. So blessed to have you here watching on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network or watching on social media, listening on the podcast, listening on the radio. God bless all of you. I am so excited about today's show. Uh, without further ado, it is a great honor for me to introduce to you the one and only Pastor Gina. What's up, Pastor Gina? How you doing? What's up, Joshua? Thank you for the invite. That uh, intro, so that intro got me. That intro got me. That's anointed, brother. Uh, that well, that's for my homeboy. I wish I wrote like that, <laughs> but he's uh, I, he's my brother in Christ. He's from Word of God Church in Oklahoma City. I'm going to give a shout out everyone from uh, my brother's keeper there, uh, my pastors there, all the men and women that go there. God bless you guys. Thank you because I know some of them are watching. Um, but yeah, I'm so blessed to have a brother there that he sends these devotionals to me every day that just feed my spirit and they always seem to be right on time. So it's amazing. So Pastor Gina, first things first, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful to be alive. And that sounds a little generic, but death is swallowing up a lot of people. Death is swallowing up their dreams. Death is swallowing up their marriage, their passions. Death is swallowing up their identity. So when, when I say I'm grateful to be alive, it's all encompassing because life swallows up death. So whatever is trying and attempting to swallow up death in the lives of every viewer right now, we rebuke that and we declare hope and we declare life over them. So that's what I'm grateful for. I mean, I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> and I'm going to testify about it. Well, and you know, one of the things that I, when people, I always ask what people are grateful for when they come on the show. And one, because it's saying what you're grateful for, there's there's a power to that. And it's always nice to know what you are appreciating. But what I love is when my guests actually give the why behind what they are grateful for. Because you can say you're grateful for the sunshine, but it's like, it feels generic. But if you've been locked inside your house for a year, <laughs> like sunshine feels like something to be grateful for. And when people say they're grateful to be alive, yeah, that also feels generic. But when you preface it like that, it makes so much more sense. So I agree with you. Today, I'm grateful to be alive because I'm getting to see God's promises come alive. And, and I'm getting to see the redemption power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it wasn't, my life wasn't like that before him. And it wasn't like that immediately after I gave my life to Christ, but his promises remain true. And I cannot think of any greater opportunity in the world than getting to serve the Lord because I've had bosses before. They don't keep their promises, <laughs> but God does. Amen to that. Amen. So, Amen. Pastor Gina, 
Pastor Gina, I um, there's so many different directions that I want to go. I want to talk about your book, but human trafficking. There's a lot of organizations out there that you know they raise awareness for human trafficking. Uh, there's people that have different organizations or different. Uh, 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 well, they they have different courses and things that they're helping helping heal trafficking victims. There's a lot of different human trafficking victims out there, um, and they're not all the same. But I'm always mesmerized by the organizations and the people who are going into the trenches, into hell, basically. Not even basically, that is hell. They're going to hell, and they're freeing these little boys and little girls that have been held captive, have been abused, have been used, have been drugged, have been beaten, and so on. And this is what you you guys are doing with your organization. Am I correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. It, it first a shout out to every single ministry um, is involved in this. Um, you know, it's it's about building the kingdom, Joshua, not building someone's ministry. And when we understand that the those that are enslaved are God's children, it's they don't belong to a ministry or a specific um, task force. They belong to the King of Kings, and we got to go rescue them. So. I'm thankful for every different ministry that does that. So thank you for everyone that's involved. And the messenger is never greater than the sender. So those that are even supporting, you're saying you you may not be boots on the ground, but you are. So when you get to heaven, you're going to literally see the souls and the, the children and that you've saved. But our particular ministry, yeah, it's we have an interesting, uh, I believe, an interesting mantle. As you said in the intro, Truth and Love Ministries is we're leaders to leaders. And so what I began to see Joshua in my early years at, you know, like really at 22, starting in the, the church from the Baptist church, the Pentecostal church, the black church, the white church, I mean, all, all, all through throughout. And I began to see a lot of the leaders were in trouble and they were rescuing the sheep and they were being attacked even more so by the same spirits that they were rescuing. So they would go in and come out with all of that on their backs and all that in their spirits. And so as a young, um, just a young minister, a young prophet in the Lord, I began to understand that, but I'm seeing something I don't think anybody's addressing. So that tying into your question is we are, we were contacted by 731 rescue. And if anybody wonders what is 731, it's actually the area code. Um, so Glenn, yeah, Glenn, uh, um, began, Glenn Blakely began, Blakely began this, um, being in the task force with uh, the um, what is it in uh, in in Tennessee um, Jackson in Jackson and when he was in the dark web and he was you know learning all the forensics and all of all of that stuff he came out and said you know what I'm not going to end this I need to start my own deal and that's what he did but he contacted he had been vetting. Uh, my husband and I for two years now, if anybody watches social media knows my husband's got like thousands of followers and he just, he just, he just jabs, he, he jabs, he punches, he stabs, he steps back, he ministers, he goes back, he gets them. And, and me, I'm more like, you know, you know, come, come on, honey. You're like, those are some fighting words. But, <laughs> so people were really watching him and then they were watching me and how I was prophesying and everything was going on. And he reached out to us and said, we need you. And I said, okay, what do you need? He said, our task force needs you. We see some things that are horrific. Some of us have had two, three, four marriages. 
uh, the PTSD. And I began to see, oh my gosh, Lord, unless a vision falls to the ground and dies, it can't be born again. So when Truth and Love Ministry was actually Truth and Love Ministry International when I first founded it. And I began to understand, well, wait, Homeland Security, just some different things. I took international out of it became Truth and Love Ministries. And the Lord had me, how you were saying in the intro, how it's important that um, we don't lose our faith and it may not look like what we think it's supposed to look like, but just trust God. And you can ask the why sometimes. Yeah. When you ask that why, you understand why is he taking me through the vision and it looks like it died, but now it's looking like this. So fast forward to where we're at now, I understood, oh my God, the church, the four walls of the church, don't always receive me. <laughs> you know, I've you been kicked out of some really good churches. Okay. This happens I, to you too. <laughs> I, I've been betrayed by some really great leaders. And I began to understand when I met my husband, he said, because Gina, and as he writes in the in the uh in my book, he talks about she's a truth teller. She's gonna tell the truth. So Jesus said, I came to tell the truth. And so when you tell the truth, not everybody wants that, but we're here for the ones that actually do want that because the truth actually sets them free. You don't beat them up with it. You set them free. So Glenn began to say, listen, Gina, we need you and we need your husband. And we not only need your covering, but we, we love what Brian does. And he's, he's a certain kind of something. He's got something innate in him that, you know, some pastors can stand behind a pulpit and like just really beat it down and, and tear down hell but your husband's actually been in cages where he's had to face death, like every fight over 60 professional fights. And every time you walk down that, that, that runway, Oh Lord Jesus. And you get in that cage, you could die. Yeah. You could die. So, so we understood like, Oh my Lord, my husband didn't really fit in the, you know, in the King of the cage and the Bellator and the UFC. And he didn't really, uh, and then Gina, mm, you didn't really fit fit behind the pulpit. Not that I don't speak in churches, but you, know, you just, that really wasn't your fit. And we came into 731 Rescue like, oh my God, there's our fit. We are going to go after the ones that really want the truth and really need rescue. So, so having said that, not only do we deal with what it takes for the rescue team to see what is being perpetrated punch, and they literally have to go in and watch it. They have to mix. They have to mingle. They have to understand what's going on. They have to buy. They have to sell. They have to. So so we have to see all that, do all of that. And my particular um, one of my particular specialties is seeing where the devil comes in after the leaders and how he's getting in. What are those portals that are open in your life? And then how is the enemy sinking in and how is he slowly getting in or how does he have open access? Does that make sense? Oh, it makes more sense. I One of the things that I've learned the most, I want to actually jump back to familiar spirits too, but one of the things that I've seen and I've learned in my walk is now when I do sin or I do open that gate, that portal, God is taking me back to seeing the exact moment that I let it in. And it's so like, I can't even define it. It's like this thing of a thing it's so tiny but it, it only needs the smallest crack to be able to enter and it's sneaky but that's how it works i want to ask you something though because you brought up familiar spirits 
one of the things like my heart is absolutely for the junkie, the 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 addict, the left behind, the misfit, the outcast, the cast aside, the shun from society, shun from the church. The worst of the worst are the people that I love, because I believe with everything in me. Once Jesus gets a hold of them, they become God's super warriors. They're, they're Come on. Like, it's just, and I know it in my own life. I know it in my own life, but I also recognize how susceptible I am, and I'm working on my armor every day, but I am so susceptible to familiar spirits, and frankly, having been demon-possessed, I, I know those spirits, and they're not nice. They're not nice at all. And they and they and they're it's amazing how even going out and serving in the community and being around people that are strung out on meth and that are prostituting themselves and all of that stuff. I can if I'm by myself, I mean, I've had to stop doing it by myself. But when I would go out by myself, I would leave and I would be gone for three to four days mentally. Like I was just gone because I was internally battling. I mean, literally in battling this, I'm looking at the worst of the worst of situations. And here I am with those familiar spirits wanting to jump right back into it. It's the craziest thing. Can you talk about for leaders that are going out into the dark, basically walking into hell to free people? Can you talk about how they can properly protect themselves from familiar spirits? Yes, they're safety in a multitude of counselors. And when you surround yourself with your tribe, and that is what the Lord is doing at this very hour from what we're seeing from the White House, the courthouse, the church house, God is cleaning all three houses. And in that cleaning, the wandering, the patriots are wandering and they're in all those houses and they're wondering, where's my tribe? Once that's what we're finding right now, and with you and I and what, you know, you said the Lord put put us on your heart, put me on your heart, because you're going to find that tribe. Everyone in your tribe has different giftings. I talk about it in my book. It's written in a 30 day devotional. And I talk about, um, you know, dying three times on crack cocaine. I talk about walking with the Lord in those three times. I talk about then, the, then you know, um, five years ago getting myself off of opioids because the Lord said you're, uh, it, excuse me, five years ago. I've been married almost seven years. Oh, Lord Jesus, the time goes by so fast. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, right. So fact checkers, right? So eight years ago, um, I fact checkers, that special keyword. Um, but but Joshua, when I was took myself, I had to get off of that opioid. And I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question how leaders can protect themselves. Yeah. Don't mind, I'm gonna take a little take on a little journey because I think we can say, let's declare and decree, stay in your word, prophesy it. Call a dial a prophet and get your prophetic word. How is that working for you, church? That's my little hashtag. How's that been working for you? It's not working. So if it's not working, who's the liar? God or us? We are missing something. So I believe by the Holy Spirit and all humility that the Lord has given me that missing piece for leaders, for the body of Christ, because I walked through it many, many times. I'm just going to give you the one. When I, the Lord had spoken to me, said, I'm going to bring your husband, but I'm not, I was single for eight years. Oh, God help me. Talk about, oh, talk about, talk about it, right? Like, oh, really? This woman's single <laughs> and I'm a preacher. God help me. I'm going to be like, oh, I want to lose if I don't pull this thing together, right? No, keep it real. 
So he had said, I'm going to bring your husband. However, I'm not bringing him until you're off of um, your opioids for my back pain, which back pain comes from the mother's side. It's all on the mother's generation side. The eyes of your spine are the light to your spirit. It, uh, uh, every person I have prayed for back pain will come from the woman's side. And I'll explain that. It's explained in my book. That's why everybody got to get the book. But I'll explain it. So I'm going to drop some truth bombs, but people are going to have to search out the truth for themselves because there's a lot of revelation in this, not only as a teacher, but prophetically and as a seer, the things that the Lord shows me. But in the walk, I, I had to take myself off of these opioids. And I said, okay, I went to the doctor. He tried to put me on Ambien. He's the one that, that helped me get off of um, Vicodin and, and all of these narcotics. In, the, in this particular time, he said, if you don't get off because you and your husband are going to have enough warfare coming from the outside, you're not going to have it coming from the inside out. So he said, I don't want your husband involved in this. Well, that's all I needed to hear. Eight years single, my, my why to get off is my husband. Get me off of this. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to get off of this. Stuff. So the long and the short of it, I detail in, the, in one of the devotions is um, once I was completely off narcotics, I went to go to sleep that night. I couldn't sleep because the gap of the serotonin, the acetone levels, the dopamine levels, everything in my brain was so jacked up because I took fake pills. I took fake truth. I listened to fake media. I listened to pharmacia. I listened to, so my body was already trained and my mind was already trained to lean on the medication. Now mm -hmm. I've got nothing in my system. Fast forward, I can't sleep. I went through eight months of insomnia. God is my witness. That's impossible, Gina. You wouldn't be alive. People have to sleep. I didn't sleep. I would lay down and I was, uh, uh, where am I? Uh, uh. And, and, and the doctor's like, Gina, you need to be at least take an Ativan or at least. And I said, listen, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm not doing it with any help. Now, this is my story. This is not everybody's story. This is sure. my story. So I went eight months of no sleeping and it was horrific. And in that, guess what I did? I hired a GI Jane trainer. Because I was, I was, I knew if I didn't keep my fitness, I wouldn't keep my mind. If I didn't keep moving and I stayed locked up in my house, I was going to lose it. Guess who I met at the UFC? Oh, who knew? In my obedience, that's where my husband was. Who knew? I wasn't going looking for a husband. I was going to at least get somebody to help me do five push-ups because I can no longer move. Because opioids retake your muscle contraction. Your muscles become fatigued and atrophied. Okay. So the very thing I was working and training and in elite condition was the very thing the enemy was trying to steal. So I met him in that I'm fast forwarding. And so one day I fell asleep. I woke up and I had had a dream and there were snipers, snipers taking me out in this maze and I was bobbing and weaving. I got out of the maze and I woke up and I was walking and I heard myself saying, walking to the restroom, because I had a huge master bedroom, a single woman, God gave me a $700,000 home. Let me tell you, the stories go on about the faith of God and what he will do. And as I was walking, I heard myself saying, I'm finally out. I'm finally out. I'm finally out. I'm finally, I realized I had a dream, which meant I slept. Oh, wow. I slept. And that was the very day I was set free. I had never, ever had to abstain from drugs. I was delivered. So I didn't abstain. I was delivered. I didn't have to just 
what you know uh, you know am i going to be able to abstain from this no the lord said you are delivered from this no demon in hell can put coke in front of me no demon in hell can put anything in front of me and have me tempted you know why i literally walked through it and broke through the anointing and in that anointing that's where the power has come now so i have been empowered in something i actually walked through and got deliverance from some 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 leaders are actually abstaining but they're not delivered that's true i said There's a massive difference too how many people do i have to hear say well you know i'm a sinner and god will give me the strength i do believe that the lord wants to set leaders free now in jesus name but they're not going to get it the way they thought i actually had to walk through some things to walk through the battlefield and see some demons walk through it recognize the demons how to overcome those demons and when i made it through you know what joshua i can look back though i know what you all look like now i know exactly how you operate i know how you come in You've got nothing on me because you know what? I've been set free and put in my right mind. And that's when I got my husband. After I was free from the medication, I never had to go back to it. I never went back to it. And that's when God brought my promise. And now, and I got a word for you, Joshua. I'm just, if I may. The Lord is going to raise you and your wife up like literally like a Mordecai and an Esther. One's going to be in the outside of the gate and one's going to be on the inside of the gate. One's going to be before the king. One's going to be the outside of the king. And the two of you are going to go together like you have never gone before. Literally join together. And there's such a powerful anointing that's going to be on the two of you. And that's when I saw the red carpet. I have been seeing red carpets for some time now. And we're going to take over the media mountain like nobody's ever taken. And there will be no compromise at all. And you have had everything you've needed to do this, but the Lord is now bringing additional help, additional artillery, and additional weapon. Weapon that you were like, wait, I didn't have this. You weren't supposed to have it. You weren't lacking. It just wasn't the time. You weren't lacking what you needed. It just wasn't. You've got to have your focus in the areas God's asked you to focus. And he's going to bring other people that are going to have the focus that you can't have. Because when a sniper looks through the spyglass, and when a, a sniper looks through the, the, the microscope or the tel- telescope, he can't have peripheral vision. Because if you've got peripheral vision, you can't see the target. God is bringing peripheral prophets to you. God is bringing peripheral uh, prophetic voices, prophetic eyesight, so that you can focus and strategically look at what God wants you to look at. So don't think that you have failed and don't think that you didn't have what it took. No, you didn't have some of the areas it took. Other people had it. And that's what's called the body of Christ. Oh, God. So Holy Ghost is messing us all up here. And and so church just does not look like what it's supposed to look like. He doesn't want the one man show. A a, a star in the sky is a massive gas waiting to explode. That's what a star is. None of us are stars. Some of us are stars, moon, sun. You know, God's called some to shine brighter than others. That does not mean that we don't need the flowers, the trees, the rivers, the streams, the valleys, the mountains, the rocks, the... We need it all. And that is what I believe why we are so jacked up in all three houses right now. It's a good jack up. God's jacked everything up because because the church is a mess and the church is hurting. And that's what I write in the, the first devotional. My book is the prophet Jeremiah said, my God, 
There's doctors everywhere. There's prophets everywhere. Why are the people worse than they ever were? Um, and yes, amen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for messing up your interview. I, I, you took my mind. Like we, we. I, I have to reset real quick. I, I want to go back to your word. First of all, ninety-eight percent of the prophets that come to me and give me words are never right. But I will tell you. I will also tell people when they are right and they're spot on like you said several different things in your, in your word that were confirming from other words that we got. And, um, and also it's right in line with everything. My wife and I, when God brought us together, everything we started doing everything that started coming our way, literally every, and I, one of the things that we pray for almost every single day is for our team because we can only do so much alone and we've been blessed with amazing resources. We've been blessed with the ability to do things that 10 people can't do, but God has called us on something and, and given us a vision and what we are building and what we are creating and what we with everything in us want to do for people all over the world. And, uh, we just can't do it alone. And, uh, so it, that's confirmation. So thank you. And it, oh. I'm crying because, it means something and i believe in god's promises and i believe in god's word um and i and at the same time i also want to say that i'm ready because for everything in me like my heart is for the broken like i don't believe the for the the corners of the church don't really mean a lot to me that's not church to me and as you mentioned before about being re kind of rejected and not always allowed in certain churches, well, that's been my story. And God has been putting it on my heart. Is like, you're going to be allowed in like after, like he's got work for me to do in the secular world. Yes. And then I'm going to be allowed in the church and I'm, I'm willing to wait for it. It sucks sometimes. And it's sad sometimes to feel rejected or feel like an outcast or like I don't belong or to feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. all that your word was just confirming. So thank you. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to tell you that. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so, and, and you know, so many of your viewers and your listeners, uh, Joshua feel the exact same that you, you're, I think, you know, you and I are uttering those very words uh, that their hearts cannot utter. You know, when you've been traumatized, there's a mute spirit um, that does come upon those of us that have been given strong voices to, you know, my, my husband's always called me baby trumpet. And, and when, you, when you have the voice, you know, God's given that to you. Um, and then nobody lets you speak. Um, it, it is a very, uh, that's what you're, it's like, a, uh, it's like, it's like a, an eagle, uh, you know, goes to the pet store and here's your, here's your cage. And they give you a little, a finch, a cage for a finch that's wingspan is about two inches, you know, and yet you're an eagle and interesting that I'm wearing these sleeves. I did not even plan that. That's kind of funny. So that's a little prophetic, little eagle sleeves. Boop, boop, boop. Um, but you know, we've been given wings. Um, <laughs> Hey, you, you, <laughs> you know, you got to have fun with it because, you know, the Lord gives us a sense of humor. And, and I know I can be very serious because I know people are dying every day. And when a microphone is handed to me, 
uh, I, I believe it's my opportunity to save a life. Yeah. Um, and it's not an opportunity for Gina to showcase Gina. It's, it's an opportunity to say, listen, listen, God knows he knows and he is sending help. And it's not going to be any of the way it was done before. It's not going to be the help that it looked like before. And it's not going to come in the package. You know, his methods, I always say the word of God, it never changes, but his methods do. And the, the church isn't ready for this methodology. The, 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 as I write in the book as well, you know, when Jesus spit into the, the mud for the blind man, that had to be, pardon my expression, a loogie. Like that couldn't have been a... <laughs> You don't make mud out, right? Like you men probably do, but you know, you don't, you know, <laughs> but you don't spit in mud and make spit in dirt and makes mud. It has to be a good amount of liquid, right? Yeah, and, Right, and can you imagine putting that on someone's eyes? You know, the church isn't ready for that. If the church isn't ready for the way God wants to do it, you can't. I don't believe that we need to be in the world, but we we are of it, and I do believe that God is giving a holy holy, creative, uh, artistic, without us having to compromise. You know, tolerance means that you, tolerance means that you support what you, the, the ideology of that situation. That's what tolerance is. We're not called to be tolerant. I don't mm -hmm. tolerate sin. I don't tolerate it. That I don't believe in what you're doing. So I'm not going to tolerate it. So, but truth it will always bring um, grace, truth, and love will always bring the grace and the power that's needed. So we don't have to compromise truth. We always walk in love, which is boundaries. Love isn't isn't uh, sloppy. Love grants boundaries. And uh, so I thank God for truth and love. But the church needs help right now. And we've got to offer them something than, other than what they've been receiving. And so that's what I believe my gifting is, not only to pre, like to take a scripture and preach it like, I could take one verse and it's God. I could take one verse and preach it like no one has ever seen it before. And I know other preachers feel that way too. But it's the prophetic and the seer side. Mm. God has given me the ability. And that's what I, the whole idea of the, the book the, you know, the word in the workout, prophetic insight is spiritual, emotional, physical fitness. What does that mean? Oh, I have to work out. See, it was interesting that the Lord gave me this because people would read the word and workout like, oh, that's a fitness book. Yeah, go ahead and think that. Because <laughs> gotcha, wait till you read this thing. Oh, it ain't about how many pushups you can do. Trust me. And um, so what the Lord showed me is that so many prophets out there and seers and the church and the fivefold ministry, they, they give this impression that the only way to hear from God is you have to have these visitations and you pray 50, you know, you, you pray 24, 27 hours a, a day, but there isn't 27 hours. So it makes the, <laughs> the people are like, eh, how are you doing that? And I can't hear from God. Like, you know, listen, what the Lord spoke to me, is Gina, I want you to teach the people in everyday life how I operate, how I speak to them. I speak to them through their eyesight going out. I speak to them when hearts are hurting or they're having anxiety. I speak to them when they have COPD. I speak to them when they have anxiety. I speak to them with, in, in that. I'm not in that. But I want you to understand the physical always has a twin in the spiritual. So I want to take people from the natural to the supernatural, not the supernatural to the natural. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. If you can teach people, well, wait, 
when I was writing this book, do you, would you believe, and it's in one of my devotions, my eyes went completely bloody. Blood, not pink eye, blood. My husband said, oh dear God, Gina, every day they're getting worse. I'm like, but I have to, I'm such a warrior. I have to write this book. God told me every day and I can't even see, I can't see. And I said, my God, what is happening to me? Because I have to preach my own right. I have to pre live my own preach, right? I said, okay, Lord, what's happening? He said, go to the doctor. Okay. So I went to urgent care. You know, we didn't have insurance, no money. Like, what am I going to do? You know? And I went to urgent care. Oh, you have pink eye. Oh, okay. Well, this is going to cost you a hundred dollars for this medication. Oh my God. We have to pay rent. Keeping things real, right? Yeah. What do I do? You know, what did my husband like? What are we going to do? So I get this hundred dollar solution. My eyes get worse. This is going to preach. They get worse. So two days later, my husband says, oh, my God. I'm like, Lord, you got to give me wisdom. Why aren't you speaking to me? He let he didn't speak to me. He let this go for about a week of massive pain. All of a sudden, boom, the light comes on. Go to your um, optometrist, Gina, the one that you went to when you needed to get rears. And you asked him to look at your eyes I'm like, oh, you mean the specialist in eye problems? Follow me now. You got the prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, right? Follow me. Walking so I go to them and he looks at me and said, why did you go to urgent care? He goes, they gave you the wrong medication. This is not what's wrong. You have, everybody wait for it. Infiltrates. Infiltrates. I never heard of such a thing. He said, yeah, it's just a virus in the air and it's infiltrated. Right. That's what's happened to the church. They have been infiltrated and they cannot see. They've had false prophets at the platform. They've had the pastors that are saying, if you give me a thousand dollars today, you'll get your miracle in a second. They've had dial of prophets call me right now and I'm going to prophesy. You're not going to have to go through any hell or high water to learn. You're not going to have to seek, knock, ask, just call somebody and they're going to give you the answer right now. You're not going to have to go through nothing. Just go to the urgent care, go get your eye drops and they are worse. They can't see. But I went to the specialist and the specialist told me exactly what was wrong. I had infiltrates. I'll tell you right now, uh, that thing was gone within a day. I was writing my book and I taught on the church has been infiltrated. Guess what? I went to heaven by walking earth, by walking a problem that had happened to me, an attack that had happened to me, an addiction that had happened to me, you know, cancer that hit you, anything that hits you. Oh, we're not supposed to have that's supposed to happen in the body of Christ. Oh, it rains on the righteous and it rains on the unrighteous. But here's the thing. God has now equipped the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. All you know, all of us have been are coming together. We're finding our tribe, and now we're going to infiltrate the seven mountains. And now we're going to make it happen, and we're going to take them all over by force because we have been radically shaken. We have been violently shaken. The church wasn't there to help us. God had to use everything else to help us, and now we're ready and we're coming together. And now we're going. Let's do church. Now we're going. <laughs> Uh, praise God. I love it. Yeah, it feels like um it does feel like God's I don't I don't wanna because I don't want to word it like that. It's um well yeah, it, the out, the outcast and the misfits are coming together to form superpower groups, but in the name of Jesus, not Marvel Comics. 
No. That's the only explanation. And it's people that are literally going to shake things up. I mean, I think about the people that over the last year that I know that I'm like, man, if they gave their life to the Lord, they'd pfft, forget it. It's over. And like seeing people that ne I never would have believed give their life to Jesus, giving their life to Jesus. And they're, they're warriors, men, women, people that have been transgendered, converting their life to Jesus and changing. Amen. And like, it, the, the, Satan's in for a shock of his life, I believe. Or you know, it, 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 it's in both parts, whatever. The Holy Spirit told me the other day. He said, I'm going to watch this. He said, I'm going to use pillows, prostitutes, and patriots. Uh. Pillows, <laughs> prophecy. So who is he using? Mike Lindell, the pillow guy. I'm going to use pillows. I'm going to use patriots. And I'm going to use uh, uh, prostitutes. That's what is God is going to do. And we just gave on our our, our live, uh, our radio broadcast we do every Wednesday on KCWG, The Truth. I just taught on Joshua 2 when it took two patriots, Joshua and Caleb, not a pastor. The pastor led them out of Egypt, but the, the warrior is going to lead them into the promised land because the warrior, the warrior sees the, not only the promises, the warrior sees the giants and they ain't scared. They're like, I ain't scared, and they're going to go in. And so that's what they did, Joshua. Uh, uh, he sent Joshua and Caleb. And who did he send them to? A prostitute. He sent them to a prostitute. And the prostitute hid them out. And if you go into Joshua 2, it has been preached over and over and over. But I'll tell you, the part that stood out to me was when he, uh, she said to him, um, and I'm actually going to pull it if you don't mind. Because yeah, please. I was about to pull it up myself, but go ahead. Oh, thank you so much, because I want to read it exactly what she said. And I love it because this is a, a, a beautiful word for the listeners. And she says to them, listen, we've been have the, this is exactly said in the message translation. I know that God sent you Joshua and Caleb, and he's given you this land. So the world is going to know who the true patriots are. They're going to have the land, the wealth. They're going to have all of it. Because you know why? They want, to, they want to advance the kingdom. And the world is going to recognize we're going to be dressed differently, clothed in our right minds. But we were in those seedy places. We were in crack pipes. We you were, they were in strip clubs or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Houses, bathhouses. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. And, but do we look like it? No, because we've been transformed. God did something. And when he does it on the inside, it reflects on the outside, which mm. is the order of the workout. Uh, premises but she says everyone in the country feels hopeless <gasps> the prostitute said to the two patriots that's what i call them joshua caleb everybody feels hopeless and we had listen to this we all had the wind knocked out of us how many have had the wind knocked out our promises are gone it's never gonna happen we're too old now i mean i'm 53 years old now i was doing this since i was 22 what happened what happened what happened to my voice what what what, what in the world okay the enemy wants to tell you it's over. We had the wind knocked out, but because of you and your God and the heavens above, here's what she says now. Now promise me, the prostitute, the world is now asking from a pro for a promise from us. Joshua, with the films you do, your voice, how God's going to use that tone that's in your voice. Your tone, mm -hmm. is, you have the tone, but you've got a tone that nobody else has that's unique to you, and that tone is going to be heard around the world. That's the word. I'm, that's what I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit right now. That tone is going to be heard around the world. And she said, now promise me something. Show me mercy. 
basically when you see where you're going and you get that platform, you get that television show, you get that land, you get that home, you get those finances. Promise me something, patriots. Give me some tangible proof. Give me a guarantee of life for my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, everyone that's connected with me and my family. Save our souls from death. Mm. And this is what they want to know what the patriots, what Joshua and Caleb promised. What's the proof of life? Okay, well, I'll give you $1,000. No, you know what they said? They said, our lives for yours. Our lives for yours. True patriots will do it. We'll go into the world. We'll sacrifice our reputations, whatever it looks like, because there are souls that need to be saved. We promise you, here's our proof right now, world. Prostitutes, Christians that are bound, that need delivered. Here's our promise to you. You want a promise? We're going to give it to you right now. Our lives for years. I promise you, my husband, the Warring Warrens, Pastor Brian, Pastor Gina, we will give our lives for you. 731 Rescue, we're going to give our lives for you. That you want to guarantee? That's our guarantee. Whatever it takes, we're going in. And we will give our lives. And then they said, when God turns this lands over to us, we're going to do right for you. We're going to be loyal. Land is getting ready to be turned over to us. Finances are getting ready to be turned over us. Platforms are getting ready to be turned over to us. And you know why? You know why? It's turnover time. Anybody's into football? It's turnover <laughs> time. Whatever you fumbled, whatever's been intercepted, it's turnover time. You can be trusted, Joshua. You and your wife can be trusted. I don't know you, but I know you too by the spirit. I don't know anything. I honestly don't. I haven't even had time to really research you. I saw a couple Instagram posts. <laughs> I, I know my assistant went on and watched a couple things. I'm like, we just have not had that time yet. But I know by the spirit of the Lord that that his favor is upon you. And I'm also hearing Psalm 68 that says, um, those who have tarried, you've been kept from coming or going. You will divide the spoil left behind. Sure. Well, because you've tarried, the longer it's taking you, the more you're getting. So take that, as my husband says, take that evil Satan. And then I laugh at my husband, yeah, yeah, evil yeah. Satan, he is evil. Take that evil Satan. Okay. I feel led to say something really quick. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, a lot of you, most of the people that watch this program or listen to it on the different platforms have lived quite the life. They've been spared. They've been, they've survived more than most would comprehend. So this message is to you. I feel led to say this, so I'm saying it. A lot of you who love the Lord, but you have those moments where when you see that giant, you see that obstacle, like you're living the right way, you're doing the right thing, you're doing all the things that happen, and then you see this obstacle, and your first reaction, this is who I'm talking to, the people that have the first reaction when they see the obstacle, and they're like, why, God, why? Why is this happening now? And, like, ah, and you get frustrated and you want to quit. I want you to know that the answer to your prayer is on the other side of that giant. The, the fastest, the soonest that you're willing to look at that giant in the eye and say, Father, I surrender. I trust you to fight this battle for me. I give this to you. The soon, as soon as you do that, you are going to see yourself 
overtaking and slaying every giant in your path. That giant could be addiction. That giant could be an abusive spouse, abusive uh, partner. That that it could be it could be gambling. It could be sex for you. It could be anything. Any of these giants. Like I promise you, don't give up. A lot of times when you pray big things and you're expecting God of big things, expect to have a giant put in your path because once you overcome it, then you're bigger than that giant. And that's what you need to know. Don't give up. Don't say why God. Press into God because he's going to fight that battle for you. And as soon as I learned that, I began to have an unlimited faith, a bold faith, a daring faith, because I got to see God's promises come true over and over and over again. So I swear with everything in me, and I know you know who I'm talking to. Face it, quit running from it. It could be that you haven't shared your testimony yet. Your testimony is other people's get out of hell free card. I'm saying. So that's all I got with that. But I wanted to share that. Gina, I want to ask you something. Pastor Gina, why do you have the heart that you have for trafficking victims? Hmm. Very good question. I had been, uh, well, first of all, um, hmm. try not to cry through it. This Because this part, part of the testimony was very difficult. My first marriage what my husband was a pastor and he was completely addicted to porn, which is how I learned all of my warfare. I I learned everything about it. My first marriage equipped me to save the world. (laughs) It was hell. And I began to see these men watching even, although my ex was not a pedophile or, but, but you could see, you know, so many of the young girls and I began to write poems about those things. and, And my God started stirring my heart in my first marriage. Then as you fast forward, when we moved to Tennessee, I began to have extremely prophetic dreams of where children were hidden. Um, I saw exactly where they were hidden. Uh, Then I had a dream about Hunter Biden's laptop and I saw portions of his laptop. Oh, you've seen it. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, I know the dark web pretty well. I know the dark web better than the regular web. So I've seen most of it. Yeah, we were uh, were really good friends with Mike Smith from Out of Shadows. Oh, as well. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, connect just really strong warrior. So I can imagine. And of course, Glenn, uh, Glenn, our, our leader with 731 does that as well. But so I begin to have these dreams. So one night I had a dream about his laptop and I was just like, oh, my God, I saw the children. And I began to say, Lord, what's going on? I don't mind interceding. Like I pray. That's good. Right. I'm the kind of person God never asked to ask me to do something. I just do it. <laughs> I've heard people. I've heard people. I'm the one that jumps off of the cliff and said, "Oh yeah, I forgot that I need a parachute." <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's, wisdom must be coupled with zeal, correct? <laughs> I talk about that you can be in your. Oh, that's how the sons of Skiba got attacked. They literally got attacked. It's in my book. They were bloody. They got attacked for trying to cast out demons that they didn't have authority to do. So actually, demons can be physical. So you can suffer physically. And that's in one of the devotions in the book. Um, I talk about taking platforms because your daddy had it. That doesn't mean it was your platform. Oh, that'll preach. So anyway, in, in after that dream, 
um, I had a second dream and I saw a little Asian girl who was about two years old and I could just, I saw exactly what she looked like. And then I was looking up at a hotel room and I saw an Asian man. And you know, when you're standing in a courtyard and you can look up into a room and the yeah. door open. Well, I saw the girl, little two year old playing on the footboard of the bed. And of course she had, was naked. And then I saw the man and I saw every detail. And then the door closed and I woke up and I said, thank you, Jesus, for not showing me like, thank you for not. I thank you for not showing me that. Yeah. And um, I was just wrecked while well, my husband on pretty much the same day or same of the week had a visitation with the Lord when he went to take a nap. And he said he started weeping and he said, Lord, you told me now as a child that I would be a superhero. That's how he talks. He's just as pure and as innocent as they come. I mean, if you need him, protection, security, he'll choke somebody out, walk away. You never know he was there. But when you talk to him, he's like the most gentlest, loving, and pure. I wasn't married to a pure man before. He's very pure. So he said, he said, Lord, why, you know, why aren't I doing something about this? Why are you giving me visions? The next day we got a had get gotten a call from 731. So to answer your question, so when I was sitting there with Glenn on the Zoom, and I'm thinking, no, I don't want to do this. I honestly, I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'll pray for you, but I don't want to get involved. Well, as I was talking to him, I had, I have this, my move, my mind works like a movie trailer. It can happen in seconds. I see every, the plot, every, so I, I immediately, I saw, I was caught up in heaven while I'm on the zoom and Jesus was holding this two year old um, Asian girl, the same one in my dream. And he said to me, Gina, this one you saved. Praise so that's when I said to Glenn, we're in. See, because you can't, because you want to do something or you want, you can't, you have to be where God's called you or you won't be protected. So now, right. But you know what, when you know you're right where God wants you, hell and every demon and every hater and every opposition better look out. <laughs> you better watch out. Don't, don't, don't even mess with me. Don't mess with my husband. Don't mess with our task force. Don't mess with those that we love. Do not mess with the leaders that God gave us. Don't, don't mess with it because we're going to call it out and we're going to hold you accountable and we're going to deal with it. We're not going to let nothing slide because we've been called to do this. That's how I ended up having a heart, but not only being molested myself at five years old and then being date raped and having Mickey slipped in my drinks and not knowing where I was in Palm Springs for a week and, oh. and, and all of that stuff. So, so, you know, but God gave me this man and I was like a virgin on my marriage night. It, I, it, I'm telling you, God can make, uh, and I was just nothing like that in my single years or as 16 years old, nothing like that. But God makes all things new. And I pray that I'm a testimony to everybody listening. There's a lot shut up in my bones. Obviously, there's a lot shut up in your bones, Joshua, and, and the listeners. People haven't even tapped into what God has for them. But your desires of your heart are God's. If you're in him, he's in you. You're one. So I know my is to rescue every child that nobody wants to, they don't want their family to know that it's happened to them. They don't want, you don't want your mom and dad to know that you're stripping. You don't want your mom and dad to know that you're on, you know, um, you know, on Tinder, on apps, talking to naked men, you know, you don't want anybody to know, but God knows and he's going to send help to you. Someone that's been there before and they will not come with worldly judgmental eyes. They're going to come with, uh, with eyes of love and to rescue because they know how to fight the demons that are slaying you because they've slayed them already. God, 
so good. I, you know, and I'm, I'm so happy. I, well, let me back up. I, it, I find it to be extraordinary that you weren't trafficked, but you have a heart for that because, but at the same time, you understand the pain that they go through because you've been molested. Like you understand enough of it. You've been, you've been raped. You've experienced that level of trauma because that trauma, sexual trauma, all traumas have an effect. Mm -hmm. Sexual trauma is, well, you brought up something about the spinal cord when we first talked. And one of the th reasons why uh, this is going to sound a little foo-foo or crazy to some people, but when you anally penetrate someone that's younger, um, it, 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 that's what causes a split in their personality because your spinal cord and your anus is, a, is attached, goes to your brain. Yeah. And literally that trauma causes a split. So like when I was first molested, and that was one of the things that had happened to me, that's where the first split happened, but it happens over and over again. Never mind soul ties, never mind spiritual, uh, you know, th those, those soul ties that happen through sex, but also it happens through abuse also and traumas. And that trauma in your spinal cord and that split, that's why it's done when they're initiating people and they're breaking them down to be able to control them. They, they you destroy and break up and shatter their brain into pieces, basically, and then build them back the way that they want in a way that they can control yes. and manage them. That's how you condition people. That is why when people are raped and they go through rituals, that is why they are. It's called popped. That's why they're popped in the butt. That's why it happens. There is a specific evil satanic yes. reason for this. Yes. And so, and that's what makes it so hard for people that have been raped to recover from it. I want to talk to you really quick because I mean, we've kind of gone over, but I don't care. <laughs> um, I want you to talk about your healing journey from being raped and molested and abused. Can you talk about that, please? I can. And first, thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm so sorry to, you know, it just... I mean, even though I work in it and I, you know, heard story after story and I, it's still every story is your story and it's personal. The Lord leaves a 99 for the one and that's how much he cares. And so I thank you for sharing that. And, uh, but 100% there's healing and deliverance. Uh, I, I think that those of us who have been traumatized the most, we are the best candidates for complete deliverance um, and to go out and get those that have been, but yeah, it, it, it's, what ended up happening was I was born and raised in an Italian family. My mother was Italian. My father was French. Um, the Italian side of my family, you know, the men always talked about, oh, you're gay if you wear pink. You're gay. They were just like, I, I thought that's what men were. Like, what's that? Yeah, I thought that men were like, that's what the men in my family were like, oh, macho. And, you know, and, oh, you know, as soon as, you know, so-and-so raped my um, friend. You know, I had the mafia at the police. We took them out. You know, just all these kinds of things were in my bloodline. Mm -hmm. so very early, I began to understand that, you know, the sins of the fathers, right? Um, but when you have got very domineering mothers um, or mothers that, you know, and the, the men are more on the passive-aggressive side, but the women are very domineering. Um, so when, my when I was five years old, my uncle, my mother's sister's husband was the one that molested me. So I, you know, at that time I was five years old and I walked in 
uh, and I walked in uh, in the house because I was sleep, you know, sound asleep, and I was like out of it. And I walked to the bathroom, and apparently I made my room to his my way to his master bedroom. Of course, my aunt didn't sleep with him because he's a child molester, so she's valiumed out sleeping on the sofa every night, you know, their whole marriage. So he was in the rest bathroom alone. So I walked in on that, um, but I was told, you know, I love you. You know, I would never hurt you. So, so those years of like you know, understanding, well, wait, I told my mother right away, but she said it was a bad dream. You know, it was just, so over the years of even learning spiritual warfare and learning dreams, you know, the enemy wants to infiltrate the very area that you're gifted and the very area that God wants to speak through. So that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother uh, teaching. But so I became, I was very controlled by this man. So I became very controlling. That's why I say women that are in leadership that have not been healed, are very dangerous because they're going to minister and prophesy and teach out of their souls, which is their mind, will, and emotion that hasn't been healed. So that's a very dangerous place to be. Uh, that's why I'm very submitted to my, I may be the big mouth of the marriage. But <laughs> I don't underestimate my husband behind a pulpit and on a platform and when he speaks, but we just know how to, you know, do, we just know how to dance. Um, but uh, oh. learning every day, even more, more steps, but so in that, over those years, I realized, wait, I was controlled. So I began to control everyone that I could, all the men that I control as a young girl, you know, so I would just be out doing my thing and, and the clubs and just, you know, and then when I was done, it was like, goodbye. So I was kind of what men did to the women, you know? So yeah, sadly, but I didn't know. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to let you so close because if I control the situation, I'm going to be okay. So that led to, um, you know, it being introduced to crack because in the, the late 80s, you know, that was the big thing was smoking crack. So so I, in a sense, was trafficked because the way to get my crack, I had to be with, you know, all the men that owned the Shell stations in the Bay Area in Southern California. And I had to be pranced around. And that was the only way I was going to get. I knew I was going to get some coke that day. It was So I do understand all facets of it, you know, mm -hmm. but. Through that journey, I understand I had such a powerful relationship with the Lord because he brought himself to me when I was a little girl. He stepped in my room when I was a child. And I used to pretend he was sitting down as my best friend on the on the bed. And I would say, so. And I still kind of do that. So so if you see me talking, so what do you do? <laughs> no. But <laughs> I, I just learned that he was that close as a friend. So I would pour out to him. And as I began in my I got married at 22. So everything, all hell really broke loose from 16 to 21. I lived what most people would take 20 years to do. Gosh. And that's, that is the God's awful, awful truth. But in that I love the Lord so much. So I struggled with why are you sleeping around and why are you doing drugs? And then you're at Billy Graham snorting a line and then you go into Billy Graham. So see, I understand, that's why I understand the leadership part of it. I loved him so much, but I couldn't, I was so hurt on the inside. My soul hadn't been, so it had been, a, it really was a process. I could never tell any listener that for me, it just happened overnight, but that's why I can counsel people and, and literally deal with it overnight because I learned all of the little steps and all the traumas and the portals that come in and how to close them and how to recognize your behaviors, triggers. So I recognize what my triggers were. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you have to retrain your triggers or eliminate oh, them. Oh, 
Or yeah, yeah. And and but sometimes it can't be eliminated because God will put you right back in some of those situations. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but but now you go ahead and pull the trigger on that gun and I'll unload mine before you unload yours. <laughs> I want wait, hold on. I one of the you just talked about something that I shared before too is that our this is what came to me when you were saying that. Um like you were here you are in the word, you love the Lord with all your heart, but you were still using drugs. Like you still relapsed. You, 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 you had that battle until you didn't. That is, this is why I wish, and I'm proud of what we do with gratitude unfiltered. Gratitude unfiltered was born out of one of my relapses. That was a month long. I got frustrated waiting on God. Some bad things happened. I was mad at God for it. I was mad at everybody for it. And I just said, ah, screw it. And I had a relapse that lasted a month. I was going on four day meth binges at a time that I crash out, pass out. The last one was me four days in here. It is. I'm on my phone. I'm looking for sex. I'm looking for more meth. Cause I got, I basically gave up my body for free meth because yes. I wasn't going to spend money on meth. I didn't have a dealer, but I would have sex to get drugs. And um, then I was doing that. Here it is. I'm in the word every day. Here it is. Read my devotionals, listening to the word of God every day, praying every day, seeking the Lord every day. And I had a month long relapse and, and it happens. God came to me in that moment. I'm sitting here staring at my phone and I, in the corner of my eye, I see God drop in and he goes, I'm not done with you yet. Come on. I'm not done with you. This is going to suck, but I'm not done with you. You're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world. You can't afford to have secrets anymore. Therefore, every time you mess up, you're going to go talk about it on your show. And by, in fact, you're no longer doing morning gratitude because that was my show then. Because you're doing gratitude unfiltered. Oh, Gave oh. me the name. Gave me the whole thing. And he goes, and then he said to me, do you want to build your empire on truth? Or do you want to build it on a lie being something you're not? Come and on. they gave me the image of Charlie Sheen writing the 15. He goes, you want $250 million in the bank? He goes, well, imagine writing those checks for $20 million, $15 million at a time. To get people to shut up and to not share your secrets. He goes, yeah. you share your secrets. You show it. And you're going to build it on the supernatural power of truth. And I kid you not, I had one other meth relapse. <laughs> A year after that, that was two over two years ago. Yes, yes. But it lasted a day. And I remember after being awake for a day, God, and I'm about to, here it is, I'm about to do it all over again. God goes, what do you think you're doing? He goes, yeah, you're going to go on your show and you're going to tell everybody that you just relapsed. And I was the like, fear oh. of God. Yep, fear of God. I went on the air and this woman had naked pictures of me. She had video of me and she was threatening to blackmail me. And I just started laughing and I go, you don't know who you're talking to. Yes. And I went on the air and I talked about it and I'm not celebrating my relapse. In fact, I had a lot of, I lost a lot of credibility with that relapse, but here's what I gained oh. so much more trust in the Lord because it was also in that moment that God showed me that he genuinely, sincerely will use everything that's given to him. 
So while we're sitting here hiding in our shame and hiding from our mistakes, hiding from our screw-ups, or maybe we're battling our own mind with desire, when we're keeping it all inside, the devil's just beating us down, beating the crap out of us, kicking us in the face, kicking us in the teeth, ripping our heart apart. But the minute that we say, take this, Lord, this is not mine, I surrender this to you, the minute that happens, wow, watch God move. God will use it. Do you suffer? Do you have to deal with consequences for it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I still deal with consequences for things I did 10 years ago. I live with the consequence of having HIV and taking this stupid pill every day. And I'm, one day I'm going to be completely free from that thing too. But I have consequences. But that doesn't mean that God isn't going to use everything I give him. And that is how amazing the Lord is. That's how amazing Jesus is. Because even in our mistakes, even in our failure, even in our brokenness, even in our mess ups, God is going to work things out for the good of those that love him. And I, and I pray with everything in me that my entire life is a testimony to that fact. And not just, not just words, but the fruit will show it. And I believe that that time is coming. Because I did it the way that God showed me to do all of this. Because I don't have a clue. I'm not that smart. I'm just listening to God. And I'm doing it. And I've been told I was crazy. I've been made fun of. I'm not taken serious. You know what? God is going to show up and show out in the most beautiful and amazing way. And the best part about it is all my wife and I want to do is elevate the people around us. And that's it. And that's what we've been gifted to do. And I consider that to be the greatest blessing. But that was never, ever going to happen until I gave up my life for the life that Lord, the Lord wanted for me. And that was the life in Jesus. You're a patriot. You're a patriot. That's and that's what Joshua and Caleb were. And I, and I what a, what a testimony. And that's why the Lord will elevate your voice and and roll out that red that red carpet because. Um, you know, one of the things I think that is so important to articulate here is I know that God is an absolute miracle worker and healer immediately. And I know sometimes he says, pick up your mat and walk. The, the third time that I fell with the, I had three ODs dead over five minutes of witnesses. So I should have drain damage. I mean, brain damage. <laughs> that too, drain damage. But I don't, but, you know, and thank you, Jesus. But the, the third walk was literally the third one. The, 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 the first one was, listen, this is what I've called you to do. And I'm walking through heaven and I see this. I love you. And it was the Lamb of God. I was with the Lamb of God. He was so sweet and so cuddly and so, oh, comfortable. And Jesus, and it was beautiful. But the second one, the second one was not so lovely. The second one I was caught up and I was shown different groups of people. And he said, you need to tell your story. And they were all in circles. There were a bunch of them. Go tell them. Go tell. And I said, but, but, but wait, that group doesn't know that, that I do this. And this group knew, but this one did. And he said, you're going to tell them all. And it was, it was, it was like, oh my God. Then the third OD, it was, that was it. He said, at the third one, I was on the 405 freeway in Southern California, getting ready, you know, leaving from doing like a little bit of Coke in my little nail just a little bit because it was my third, I was, I was done doing it. Um, and I pulled over to the side of the freeway. I was having a complete heart attack. Everything on the left side went numb. Oh. So when I pulled over 
on Seal Beach Boulevard on the freeway. I pulled over and I just bowed my head and I said, I'm sorry. I am not going to ask you to forgive me. I'm not going to ask you to say, I'm just going to ask you that I was, I was supposed to be, it was 20. I was just had turned. I was getting ready to turn 22 because I got married when I was 22 in January. So it was in December and I were getting ready to get married. And I said, just take care of him, bring him a wife. You know, please don't, you know, I don't want him to know. Like I, I was so humble. Like, I'm so sorry. Just take me. And as soon as I lifted up my head, the heart, it was gone. The numbing, the bounce, everything was gone. I was in my right mind. I was fine. And I drove home to him as if nothing happened. I never told him. I just, you know, I kept that secret, right? Until later in the marriage. But the second, the second time was all the opiate. No, I knew, I knew if I ever did any street drugs, I knew I was going to die. So number one, the answer to your question is I had the fear of God. I absolutely knew no matter how much I went back to, whether it was a little bit, one time, I was going to die. I knew that. So I never did it again. I even had went to a club with a, a friend. Say, we're saved, right? We we're both single, went out dancing, came home with a Coke, a razor blade, and a straw in my purse. She slipped it in my purse. So I looked at it, I'm like, ah, that's so funny, devil, really? <laughs> I knew I had conquered it. Like, I knew that, whatever. So that was done. But it was the... Pharmacia, it's these drug companies. It's the farm. It's the pharmaceuticals that it's okay to be taking this. It's okay that you're going to be fine. You're gonna, and that's when I realized, wow, this medication has really screwed me up. And I knew I was going to have to pick up my mat and walk. So I've experienced the complete healing, deliverance, laying hands, done. You're free. You're done. Never again. He's a miracle God. Don't tell me he doesn't do miracles. But I've also experienced. I had to walk out, and it took eight months. Of, uh, it took actually, it took two years. It took a year to wean on Suboxone. I weaned off of, because uh, I was on so much, so many opioids. So a doctor weaned me. Once I was weaned off, it was then that I had the eight months of insomnia. And the, I said, no, no way. I'm doing this with no medicine. I'm not, I'm not, no way. So, but that's me. That was my story. So that's when I got set free. So I've never had to take another pill again. No medications. I'm not on depression, anxieties, you know, benzoid, I'm on nothing but the Holy Spirit. And that's coming from someone that's had to cover up a lot of pain. So I know now what we can say, Joshua, what you and I can say to other leaders is you don't have to suffer through this alone. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean that you don't love the Lord, but it does mean there's, there's whether it's a huge thing in your, in your soul or a small the Lord wants to remove that and completely set you free because then once you're free in that area, he'll send you to those people or to that particular situation. And that's what we want. That's what we want. That's how you find that. Gosh, you know, here, if there's ever an incentive to do the work to heal, it's, it's because of what you get to use that for. There it is. It, it's, it's, it, cause you have to understand, like I say this and I don't, don't know if it's comprehended, but I say it all the time. Your trauma isn't about you. Your gifts aren't about you. Like your trauma, believe it or not, yes, you experience it. There's no doubt that you're wounded. You've been beaten down and kicked in the teeth. But it's not about you because in the end, when you decide that you're going to do the work to heal and you're going to trust God to work in your life to heal you through it, then you get the opportunity 
to serve the world and serve people that you relate to and you have the opportunity to look them in the eyes and say, I understand. I've been there. This is how I got through it. Your trauma positioned you for souls. Right. Your trauma has positioned you now for souls. That's the end game for me. That's the end game. Every, I don't care what restaurant I go today to today. I don't care what store I walk into. I don't care what building, what meeting. I don't, wherever my body is, wherever I am physically, that means I am positioned for a soul today. Everyone is positioned to save a soul. If you get your focus off of yourself, God is going to use your trauma, your positioning to set someone free today. That's the way I look at my every day. That's the way I look at my every meetings, every position, whatever God, wherever God chooses to play. That's why I don't place myself. This is not about placing yourself. Let those call upon you. And when they call upon you, you're going to be placed for a great harvest of souls, whether it's one or whether it's one million, you are going to save a soul today. And that is what we, I believe, as leaders always need to keep in mind, God, Joshua. And then as God begins to broaden your tent cords and he's strengthening those, because you've already been broadened, but now he's taking those stakes. And I don't mean to just take it, I'm just going to end on this. You have four stakes. I don't know what they are, but you have four stakes in something or four stakes. And God, those, and they have names on them. You'll, you'll know when we hang up, you'll probably just, okay, that's this, that's this, that's it. You have four of them and each of them are being strengthened. Um, and they're being, uh, I see them going out north, south, east, west, and they're going into the ground. I mean, it's just, I, I you know, it's just, you know, I, I usually, I don't know. And sometimes you just hear some doggone stuff for people and you're like, Oh dear God, I don't want to tell them this, but I sure am excited to tell you all this because <laughs> I don't know what those four stakes are, and they are not filet mignon. I mean, they're like real stakes. Like, they are wooden stakes going into something. Um, and they're, it's ground, and you're the tent. And I don't know what this is, but it's an amazing – yeah. Do you want to come in and say hello? My husband just walked in. Get in, get in. I'm going to have my husband just come in and say hello. If that's okay, we're just going to do that. Of course. And step in, baby. He's, he's kind of just been on mission if you can't tell what he looks like right now. But um, come in and say hello, Mr. Unbreakable. Don't worry about me. How you doing, man? I love your video. Hey, Joshua. How are you doing, man? I've been I'm well. Nice to meet you. Your oh. wife is, uh, you both are actually very impressive. Got to check out some of your YouTube videos, and you guys are uh, terrific. I have no idea what's up. There's surprising crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> there is, but it's I'm awesome. Not, I, don't, I totally want to take this off me for a second, but I want to um, say over here, as I was doing some little behind the scenes uh, filming of, of you guys talking and everything, man, you guys, that was powerful. That this was a powerful interview. When you go back and watch it, and um, I was watching some of the uh, the comments that people were making as well because we had it on the live feed, and uh, wow, people really, really liked this interview. And I mean, you guys hit everything, but but the time when she was speaking over you and prophesying over you and. And you started weeping a little bit. Man, it had me over here crying. So it, that was extremely powerful. And I just want to uh, say at that moment, because I bet it you before you went on here. I'm not going to let nobody talk to my wife unless I know who they're going to be okay. So um, I just want to say you earned my respect when I when I saw that. So great job. Way to be vulnerable and uh, transparent. 
Oh, and God bless you for everything that you're doing, man. You are going to be totally blessed. And what you just said right now uh, about your tent cores and the stakes in the ground. Um, when my wife says stuff, when I when I gotta I gotta say this real quick. When when I was first meeting my wife, and you know, the Lord told me she was my wife and things like that. And I, long story short, she would say things to people and prophesy over people, and I would be like, "Man, I hope that's right." <laughs> <laughs> Man, that sounds crazy, but um, she's, she's on target all the time, and whatever she says is is I know it's from the Lord because I know what she does in private, and I know how how um, tied in she is with the Lord and how much she loves her, and that's all I'm going to say. God bless. God bless this whole interview. This was amazing. I'm, Great you. job. Great job. Uh, that was her, but thank you. I, I appreciate that, and I I appreciate your kind words very, very much. Um, I love what you guys do. And if there's anything at all that my wife and I can do to support your mission and what you guys are doing, uh, you name it. Uh, we'll do anything we can to help you guys. I, I love what you're doing. And uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to speak to both of you. Amen. We're grateful. Thank you for the invitation. And um, if I may, just because because we want this to get into the hands of as many people because yeah. And the reason why is each devotional ends with four call to actions. So they're like, yeah, like literally, you don't just read a devotional like, oh, that's a great story. Uh -uh. <laughs> it literally is counseling. It's it's things that I had to go through, but I had only the Lord. And so I, each one makes you really go through um, where you've been traumatized. I mean, even like I said, the first one on somebody call a doctor, you have to ask yourself, Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal origins, points, place, or something. But listen, it takes a while. Like some people were just tell me they're, you know, we're getting uh, reviews that, oh, we love the book. They're, but I, did you answer the questions? No, I loved it so much I just kept reading. Well, that's great, but but one chapter should take you over a month to do the questions. I'm a testimony. We had a Bible study. And I was there was four women sitting around me. And this book had me teared up too. So I'm not... When I start tearing up or I cry or I get emotional, I know the Holy Spirit is present. So I'm the same way. That's about the only time I cry. Yeah. <laughs> but I just I want people to understand it's not about the selling the book. And if anybody even sees my character, they know that's not what that's about. But the because the chat the the questions go so deep, people have to really sit and listen and ask the Lord where emotionally am I hurting? Where spiritually, like because they're not the same. So some people may say, oh, my, um, okay, for instance, my left, uh, my left uh, rotator cuff hurts. I'm in massive pain. I can't take a full, uh, you know, a full formation of my rotator cuff. Wow. So they'll write down, I'm physically suffering rotator cuff pain. But then watch this. Then if you go to the emotional, where am I suffering emotionally? Oh, wow. Emotionally. I'm really wanting to um, go back to taking... Um, pain medication again. I'm kind of suffering. I'm kind of emotionally, like I feel drawn to that. Now watch. Then they have, so they have to go emotional. That's why it's called emotional, physical, spiritual fitness. You have to work out your faith. That's why you got to work it out. So then my rotator cuff. So as they answer these questions, when we were leaving, God called us to Tennessee. Guess what the devil tried to do? He tried to put me back on. I'm married. I'm done. I haven't been taking pills for how many years? He tried to put me back on opioids. And let me explain why. 
out of nowhere, my left rotator cuff, I couldn't, I woke up screaming in the middle of the night. I couldn't even move. Like, oh my God, my shoulder. You know, so we were on government cheese because, you know, we didn't have nothing. We lost everything. We've lost everything. We're starting from nothing again. Um, you know, all the homes, everything we own, the, uh, his child lost, have nothing. But God's taking leaders with nothing now and that aren't about the, the prestige, the money, the nut. They just want to do God's will and God will do the rest, right? Yeah. Well, I had insurance because I was on government insurance. Make the long story short, the doctor said, oh, my gosh, yep, you we're going to have to put two. You need you need a surgery. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. OK, we scheduled it. I need it. I couldn't move. OK, heal it. God wasn't healed in Jesus name. No, not being healed. No, God's not doing anything. So I can keep praying or I can go get my surgery because I'm in pain. Right. We go. I'm in the gown. They've got the IV fluids going in. The nurse comes in. Okay, Gina, here's your prescription. Oh. You need to make sure you get on these right away. This is a very painful surgery. And blah, 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 blah. Fear. Oh, 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 anxiety. To, oh, my God. Oh, my. And my husband's like, Gina, you need the surgery. I think you're experiencing fight or flight, which is what fighters experience. Hmm. I'm like, no, honey, I know. I know, but that's not what this is, honey. I swear I'm not scared. I, I just, something's not right. Mm -hmm. I rip the IV out of my arm. I asked the doctor to leave the room. I'm getting dressed. I'm going. I don't want the surgery. I got dressed. I walked out. Did I make the right decision? Did I write? I was like, as a dog returns to its vomit, as a dog returns to its vomit, as a dog returns yeah. to its vomit. I went walking. I am here. There's nothing wrong with my shoulder. I'm, I'm completely, there's no pain, zero. Do the call to action questions. Maybe the physical pain, God's trying to do so. I'm not saying that's all across the board. Don't take it out of context. But I do believe God's called me to teach the church something that's not being taught. Stop running to medicine. Stop running. Get, maybe the Lord wants to work something out in your soul. Now, I didn't take the pills. He completely healed me. I never suffer. I don't have no surgery. I can. I have no pain in my shoulder. Anybody, anybody that's a trainer or anybody that's trained, anybody that understands rotator cuff uh, pain, it is painful. It yeah. does not heal itself. You have to have surgery. My husband was there. He's my witness. I threw that prescription. Do not give me that prescription. That will take me right back to hell. As soon as I take one pill, I will be addicted. Because if you go back to it, even though you've been free, that one pill will take a hold of you as if it never took a hold of you before. I can't teach all that right now, but like <laughs> I listen, that is, this has been so powerful. I, I would lo actually love to have you both on uh, this time or the next time for, we'll figure out when the right time is. Uh, I'll have my wife co-host and we'll do a double date kind of thing. Oh, there's, there's so much more I want to discuss with you, but I'm ready to get to my daughter's birthday party. Yes. So, um, I am, listen, God bless both of you. And thank you for the work that you do, the people that you're fighting for. I mean, it aligns so much with my wife, Jessica, and I's heart. So I mean it when I say if we can do anything to support you, uh, we will. I'm in the media kit we create after this. All of where you to buy the book, the links to buy the book, all that stuff will be there. But for the radio and podcast audience, can you tell them where they can find uh, your book, please? Absolutely. It's definitely on Amazon. 
Um, it's called entitled the word in the workout prophetic insight in the physical emotional spiritual fitness the way of a warrior so if you put just Gina guy Warren in my books will come up or you can just go to our website the word in the workout.org yeah I, I I love what you're doing thank you so much for being here God bless both of you and uh, thank you for the word thank you for making me cry um, <laughs> so hey Joshua, you know what was going through my spirit real quick um, when you guys were talking, you guys kept on talking about Joshua and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb. You're Joshua, and my spiritual name is Caleb. <laughs> yep. I thought, that was, I thought that was super cool. Yeah, that yeah super it's a spirit. Cool. That's a spirit. Mine's Deborah. His is Caleb. So, you know, everybody knows they, I, if our listeners don't know, just read Revelation. I will give you a new name written upon a stone. Anybody that gets transformed by God gets a new name. Abram was Abraham, right? Uh, uh, Paul, you know, uh, describes Saul. Saul became Paul. Yeah. So, you know, God changes your name when he changes your mantle and anoints you and, uh, you go in his name. So Joshua, yeah, Joshua is a, yeah, a powerful name. You've got to change it. <laughs> well, no, actually I did change it. My, really? I had always gone by Josh and my, when I gave, I was six time in jail looking at five years and literally facing five years in prison. And I had this moment with the Holy Spirit. I mean, at first it started with the shouting match. It's a long story we don't have time for. But it screaming and cursing at God about why he wouldn't change me, why he wouldn't fix me. And I heard for the very first time, I recognized God's voice saying, you have to forgive your father. And it was that. And I'm like, well, how the beep am I supposed to do that? <laughs> and then he said, because it happened to him too. Yep. And that compassion is what that ray of Holy Spirit light just started piercing and destroying the boulders around my shoulder. Amen. And when I asked God and I knew, and all of a sudden those, those images of this life that I was supposed to live, being Joshua, being like literally feeling like I was a character out of the Bible, which I did not want that assignment because I wanted to party and have sex, not serve the Lord. Because I thought that that sounded like a miserable thing at the time. Well, here it is, six times in jail, five years, throwing everything away, everything I'd been blessed with. But when I gave and I said, my life is no longer my own, I'm done. Amen. I The Holy Spirit dropped in on me, and I swear to you, it knocked me on my butt and lifted me up at the same time. But from that name, but right after that happened, I've actually never shared this. But that is immediately when God said, you are Joshua. And I knew I will never go by Josh again. So. Whoa. That is a true story that I have never Thank you. <laughs> this guy, Thank you. Just in that last couple minutes, there's there's so many nuggets right there. We definitely got to. He's got his daughter's birthday. Yeah, I know you yeah, got to go. <laughs> go. But that was, that was awesome. You, you said it. And if anybody just watches, that's powerful. Just watch the very end of that. You had so much because when you said, "When I get, I'm sick of it." When you're sick, when you're sick of it, come on. That's Ron. when God finally. You have to be sick of it because you'll keep entertaining it. Yes, that's very true. You have to be Ooh, sick of yourself. Preach. You have to get to your end. You have to get to the end of it. Wow, that God. that right there will preach. God bless. You. I gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. We all gotta go. Hey. Blessings, my brother. God bless you guys. See you soon. You, I'll be in touch. Bye. Man, they're amazing. 
All right. Thank you guys so much for being here. As I said at the very, very beginning, um, we're doing a giveaway. Just comment what you're grateful for. I'm going to pick a random winner tonight. Let you know you're going to either win the all-new Pure DNA, which is – wait till you try it. It's amazing. Um, or you can choose a mask. I know how you guys hate masks, but this one is actually – awesome because you can breathe in it so just comment below what you're grateful for thank you for being here god bless you guys have an amazing weekend thank you to everyone who shared this to friends tag friends um and thank you for supporting uh my, my amazing guest god bless you all i uh, speak favor over all of your lives and then thank you for your support god bless you see you soon I'll be